Oh, yes, indeed. It is a big Wednesday on the middle. And when I say big, this is not hyperbole. We got a big show planned for you today. We got, you know, some breaking news as we're uh, jumping on the air here. We're going to keep you uh, on tabs with that. Of course, Brandon Brooks is meeting with the media. We got uh, a big time guest today. Uh, in Seth Joyner, the Seth Joyner, everybody who's uh, next defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles will be joining <laughs> us at 1130. Congrats, uh, Barrett Brooks for hooking that up. And we got Aaron Rodgers stuff. We got Sean Payton stuff. Um, you know, the Brandon Brooks, as we said, the rookie class production grades are out. And apparently the Eagles did really well in that. And uh, we might even get to some Bonds Clemens stuff before we're all through here, Barrett. Uh, great to talk to you here on a Wednesday. How are you? Hump day, hump day, baby. Exactly. And uh, yeah, I, I got the, I got the, um, I got the text for the Zoom uh, from 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 the Eagles. Brett, what's his name? Brett Strosacker. Strosacker, yeah, yeah. Strosacker uh, texts out when um, who's who's available and what media time uh-huh. that we can all jump on a Zoom with him. And um, at 11 o'clock, Brandon Brooks is scheduled to, you know, speak to the media. So I, I'm just assuming and I, I you know, I, I'm assuming that he's going to retire. Yeah. You know, just from talking to. Yeah. yeah D-Gun. D-Gun yeah. kind of texted out or not texted out, but uh, tweeted it out that he's going to retire. So, yeah. I mean, it makes it's almost a lot. Yeah, I mean, does. you know, because we does. all thought that. You know, he was available or eligible, I should say. He wasn't available or he would have come back. But he was eligible to come back during the season last year. And we kept on, you know, know, days would go by, weeks would go by, games and stuff. And we're like, where's Brandon Brooks? And nobody was saying anything about it. He, You know, he wasn't practicing, wasn't playing. But yet he was eligible. And that made led us to think, like, you know, maybe this is it. And then when you get this news, like there's an impromptu meeting with the media. And I love what they did today. And I don't know if this was intentional. But I'm going to believe in my heart of hearts that it was because that makes it even better that Brandon Brooks is announcing whatever he's announcing at the same time that Chuck Fletcher, the general manager of the Flyers, is meeting with the media in an announcement that came out like two or three days ago. It's bam! Like, it's like, yeah, bam! Who cares about you? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> So maybe I'll I'll have to like look at the Mountain Trolls Twitter a little bit later and find out what Chuck said. I can't imagine what he has to say about a 13 game losing streak that is a record for the franchise. But I did see uh, John McMullen. I'm monitoring his Twitter, and uh, he put out uh, I, I retweeted a Mike Garofalo uh, tweet that says the Eagles Brandon Brooks recently signed a new contract reducing his 2022 cap number. From 19.4 mil to 7.1 mil, the only 22 cash is a $1.12 million non-guaranteed base salary. Clearly a deal for cap purposes in anticipation of him not being an eagle this year. Right. So how about that? It's a cap-friendly thing for the team uh, in case he's not on the team. And we all kind of anticipate that's what it is. Um, you know, but uh, that I found that kind of interesting too. Well, I mean, he understands. You know, is 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 it's a league that's unforgiving, and he's he was hurt last year. Yeah, and you know, by all rights, you know, he's played he's played long enough that he understands the game. He you know, he understands that you know they're not going to you know really give him an opportunity 
to to stay, you know, without reworking his cap and um, his cap of the level on his cap and how it would hit him, how it would hit the team. Right. So, you know, of course he's, you know, he loves the Eagles organization. So he's going to help him out a little bit. Right. That's him helping him out a little bit. You know, he won't have to pay any money back. He'll get, you know, the majority of that money. And, you know, he gets, you know, dance off into the sunset, you know, paid number one, but number two, you know, in good favor with the Eagles. Mm -hmm. He's just a good dude, man. You know, Brandon is a good dude, man. He just, you know, I hate that he has to go through this because he was one of the top, if not the top guard, you know, top three guard in the league before he was injured the year before last. You know, he was a, he was a beast. You know, that right side was the best right side in the NFL, you know, with him and him and Lane. Right. So, you know, yeah, you know, I understand why they're going in that direction which now totally changes my perspective as they go forward into the draft. Aha, uh-huh. that's what I was going to get to to ask you. Now you're reconsidering maybe one of those picks in the first round. Yes, most definitely. I am reconsidering it because oh, wow. <clears throat> you know, it's 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 not too far fetched for the Eagles to go out and bid high for an offensive lineman as opposed to even a rush defensive end. Right. So, yeah, you know, if you look at the chat, um, the private chat, Xander just confirmed that he is retiring. He, okay, there we go. So it's confirmed. So it's confirmed. All right, so, so no more Brandon Brooks. Right, uh, right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, that definitely could change their plans, obviously. Um, I mean, if they weren't going to draft someone at the top of the draft to replace him, what do you think they do? I mean, is it a Herbig deal? Is it uh, if Kelsey stays, do they move, say, Amalu over them? I mean, what What do you think? How do you think they navigate this? Ooh, see, that's that's the tough part, you know, because I, at this point, I see them putting, um, you know, they, they they won't keep Herbert there. I, I doubt okay. they keep Herbert there, and I think you know they would have to shuffle some things around, man. Do you move Landon Dickerson over? He's played everywhere off the line. He was just comfortable playing the left side because that's what he played in college during that time. So he right. felt comfortable being over there. But you give him a whole training camp, you know, you give him a whole offseason, he'll be fine at the right side. Mm-hmm. So I can see them doing that. And, and and you know, if Kelsey retires, yeah, then you move, say, Amalu in the guard, and then you have to go out. I mean, you have to draft a guard. Yeah, I mean, then you guard do. High. There's, there's no doubt about it. I mean, if you're going to lose two-fifths of your essentially starting offensive line, and I know Brandon Brooks wasn't there for the you know the majority of the year, but still, he would if he's healthy, he's ready to go. He's one, he's your starter. So you're losing two-fifths if Kelsey retires. You're definitely taking a, a pick in the first round. But then I'll tell I, you, you, my, know, you have to. I'll tell you my dark horse. Uh-oh. Coyote. No. Coyote. Your boy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Coyote, he plays. He plays on the um on the right side also, so I can see Coyote, um, uh, the offensive lineman Coyote just sliding right on in. Wow. So I mean, that's I mean that's definitely some you know direction I would love him to go because I've seen him play before. I love the way he plays the game. He's a great pass block. I don't know necessarily how he run blocks because I I really couldn't see because you know you really can't tell drive blocking you know in practice. But I could definitely tell you this: one on ones and passing situation, he's the truth. And another year under his belt. Uh-huh. I, I see him being very, very good. Well, that would be ideal. I mean, if they could, if they could do that, because then they wouldn't have to spend, you know, a, a first round pick in my uh, view you think it, on the you're offensive like line. A GM. Yeah, Hold exactly. Up now, <laughs> what? You're yeah, like a GM. Now. Yeah, of course. See, you I don't want to. Like I don't want to have to expend something if I already have the guy. Let's just <laughs> right, get the guy right, up right. here and start giving him reps for God's sake. 
Let's yeah, go. So, I mean, what, I mean if, if I was them, I would go in a direction of a multi-purpose, a guy that plays tackle that they can move in the guard. Right. And there's a lot of guys that fit that void, you know, that void, you know, in the draft. So, I mean, I can see him doing it. I mean, I'm trying to look back through my notes and see where where I saw these guys at. Mm-hmm. Where I, you know, I went in and looked at a couple guys already. Um, like Ikem, uh, Ekawana. Offensive tackle from uh, NC State. NC State. Yeah, he's going to go pretty high, though, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he'd be a top 10 guy. I wish. He's on my wish list. But right. I did look at um, Kenyon Green from Mississippi State. Okay. Really good, versatile guy. Can he's play a guard tackle, tackle guard. right? Yeah, yes. he's a guard tackle, right? So I could see him as a guy that I, w- I, would, I would definitely draft in the first. He is a first-round pick um, at the guard position slash tackle position. And you know, uh, you know, they love guys that are versatile, can play both. Right. I mean, that's just how they've always drafted versatile offensive linemen. Except with Andre Dillard. I don't know what they were thinking. And, that's and you know, what I'm that saying. was a surprise because remember, um, the offensive line coach didn't even watch film on him. I mean, he didn't really know oh, about him. My God. All in all, he just he just popped up on the radar. How do you draft an offensive lineman in the first round without consulting with that guy? That I don't know. Seriously. I don't know. His, that's where the problem is. Yeah. But now do you trade him now? You can you afford to trade him? Yeah, I don't know I, if you can afford to trade him. I know better. I I got a perfect guy for you, Coach Stoutland. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's so good. I, you don't even have to see him. Sight unseen, he's a starter. His name's Andre. <laughs> what an idiot! Uh, but I'm gonna tell you this. He, I know Andre did got a lot of slack when they moved him over to the right side. That's mm-hmm. where he had his worst game. That's where he was kind of pegged as a guy that can't play in the league. Right. But when he was at the left tackle position, he played very, very good when called upon to play left tackle. The games he started left tackle, the offense didn't miss a beat. They just mm-hmm. didn't run the ball effectively because they weren't running the ball then. But he played well enough that he's a starting left tackle in this league if given the opportunity. There's a lot of times, and the Eagles have a luxury right now at the left tackle position with Jordan Amalata and him, Dillard, being there. So they, I mean, it's almost an embarrassment of riches at the left tackle position. But right. you got to look at Lane. You know, how is this, you know, figure into Lane and what you do with Lane? I mean, well, that's, that's that's tough. Well, no, no, wait a second. Now we're not we're not losing three guys, are we? No, 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 no. I mean, Lane as far as Lane as far as you know, if he if, if something happens to Lane, yeah, you have to shift over Jordan Malata to play right. Okay, and, and put then Dillard put on the Dillard left. left. Yeah, and that's just doing a lot, man. Yeah, that's, that's really a lot. Doing a lot. They love the um, Raven Clark. They like him a lot, also. And he was playing okay. Yeah. He needs to get more. He needs to get stronger. Um, he needs to go out there and and, and get his his, his uh, technique down more. He's a pretty good athlete, though. But at this point, I don't know. I mean, what do you do? Do you, well, do you keep him? There's another one on on the stream that I see is a guy that I kind of liked a little bit. But got a little bit of time. Nick Spicer says, "What about Jack Driscoll?" Remember they took him out of Auburn. He was he seemed to be able to fill in. He started, yeah, he started, and they really like him. And I like him also. I mean, they didn't miss a beat. In fact, the offense ran better than when it ran with with uh, with Herbig. He's an Auburn he guy. Yeah, he's got to be tough, right, bro? He could play, man. He's yeah. a, he was a tackle. They converted to guard, and right. I figured he was going to be guard too because I thought he was just too little. Mm-hmm. To, uh, I mean, too short to play tackle. You know, just from what I was looking at. It. So I mean he's he's a versatile guard. He's a pulling guard. Um, he's he's okay at the point of um, contact. 
He's not going to drive block anybody. He's not big enough to drive block anybody. But, you know, you got Lane and him there, and they double teaming. Or him and uh, Kelsey, they could double team pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, knows the game. Understands, you know, where he fits in as far as, you know, conceptually. What he needs to be doing. You know who he needs to go to. Know who he needs to block. I like him. So, you know, yeah. they're not they're not really hurting, hurting. You know, they're just, you know, they missed out on, on, on Brandon Brooks at his prime. And this is, you know, this is actually when they start getting better in their prime right now. Where did they get years. him from? Was he with the Texans? Texans. Yes, yeah, that's what Texans. I thought. Yeah. yeah, in Ohio. He went to Ohio. Right, Ohio, Ohio U. Yeah. 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 University of Ohio. I think Big Ben's guy, wasn't he? Um, Big Ben went to Miami of Miami, Ohio. Ohio. Maybe that's, right. that's where he went. Huh? Maybe that is that where he went? Miami, Miami of Ohio. Yeah, he yes. went to Miami yes. of Ohio. That's yes. where he Big went to Ben Miami went. Ohio. Yeah. yeah. Now I, I just looked over here at the Mountain Trolls Twitter. There's nothing up here about this Flyers thing. We, oh, we'll, wait, we'll wait until the final couple of seconds of the show he to update know. the folks on that. It should already be there because you know he's supposed to be tied in. Nobody's retiring, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, John McMullen tweeted it. Jeff McClain. It's all out there now. Brandon Brooks, is, it's official. So Xander got a hold of that early for us. So we appreciate that. But now the other thing, before we get Seth on here. Oh, his name is um, Coyote Awasika. Oh, your boy on the practice squad. Yeah. Yeah. Coyote, I will see. But it's spelled like the K-A-Y-O-D-E or something? Yep, K-A-Y-O-D-E. His last name, I will see. A-W-O-S-I-K-A. I just go Coyote A. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, hey, Tone, I appreciate it. Yeah, I was on WIP this morning. Well, that's what I was going to bring up. Do you want to just talk to the freaking stream, or do you want to talk? <laughs> Jesus Christ. talking man. with you, man. I'm talking with you, man. I'm, I'm trying to be versatile. <laughs> you know, you, you taught me how to be versatile, and I'm trying to stay versatile, man. <laughs> well, that's what I wanted to get to. You were on WIP on the morning show this morning. Yes. At what time? What time did they ask you to get up? 8 o'clock. Well, that's not too bad. So, the minute I had to be up at, at 7.30. Right. To make sure I went over my notes and stuff, you know. Hence, you got me looking at my notes before I come on shows now. Good, that's good. You know? Um, but did you now? Did you do this like? Did um? Did you dial in or did they call you on the phone? Like what? They kind called of... me on the phone. Yes. Okay. All right. So you're on your uh, you're on your uh, Droid phone with and Johnny I... Marks. I understand. Wasn't yes, he Johnny hosting Marks. today? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so he was hosting. He was hosting the show. Everybody else except for um, you know. The big guy was there. He wasn't there. Now who, oh, oh yeah, there. Angelo. Yep. Yeah. So Rhea was there. Yep. Al was there. Al is always there. What about Jonesy? Jonesy was not there. He was not there. No. What about uh, Tank? No, he wasn't there. He was not there. No. Okay. What was the first question? Well, first of all, they didn't, you know, they didn't start off talking about, um, they didn't start off talking about lack of reading defenses. Oh, the thing about Jalen that uh, yeah, that, that's the what they wanted coach. me to talk about. All you right, know, and and but they they just start off talking about that. They start off talking about you know the Eagles and you know and what I was thinking as far as where they belong and you know what I saw in the playoffs. Uh huh. You know, saying what differentiates the Eagles from what they you know where they are in the playoffs and what we saw on Sunday. Right. We kind of started with that first. Okay. You know, so I mean, and, and it's like we've been discussing. You know, we do see the difference. We do see. You know, the elite quarterback play, and we don't have that. But there's a lot of teams that don't have. It. It's only like four or five teams that have elite quarterback play, right? Um, in their in, on their rosters. Yeah, like a handful of guys, really. Now, did right. did you come up with that Dak Prescott thing? Did you did you throw a little shade on the Dallas Cowboy quarterback? 
I, I couldn't be your co-host if I didn't. <laughs> I couldn't be your co-host if I didn't. Did you quote Troy Aikman? Yes, I did. Yes. Yes, I did. So, I mean, not necessarily quote, but I told him, I said, look, yeah. look at Dak Prescott. These quarterbacks just don't read. I mean, they don't, they don't necessarily know what to do as far as running the system. I mean, look, yeah. I mean, how, how does Dak Prescott miss one-on-one covers with C.D. Lamb? Yeah. How do you miss that? That kid is always open right if now. it's one-on-one. You know, they just don't right. read. They don't have a capacity to understand and look at it. You know, they've been told mm. the entire time where to throw the ball and what plays to run. And it's mm. not their fault. They just haven't had, you know, the, the you know autonomy of having a coach that coached that. I said, and I started off by saying this. The NFL tries to use the, co- uh, the college ranks as their farm league, but it's not. Right. These colleges want to get better. They want to win because they know if they win – on Saturday, there are seats that sit in those desks on Monday. Tuition gets paid on Monday when they win. These kids don't care about necessarily the education they get with it, but they do care about going to University of Alabama because the University of Alabama is winning. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I can remember kids want to go to my University of Miami, not because of Miami's education, but because of Miami was winning football games. Oklahoma, all those mm-hmm. guys, Colorado, you went on Saturday, seats in the butts of those desks on Monday. Just like they used to say back in the day, used to race like Ford and, and, and Chevy and all of them. Yeah. Chevrolet, you race on, on Sunday, sell cars on Monday. That's okay. the exact same thing. That's that, what that, it is. that was the, the result of like a good performance in the NASCAR race over the exactly. weekend. People would roll into the dealership and want one of those cars. I, I want that IROC or I want that Mustang right there. Give me that Shelby right there. Or the That's old Thunderbird Turbo Coupe. Yeah. I got pulled over by the cops in Seton, um, in Stone Harbor in one of those. Oh, did you? It did not end well. It was bright red. I mean, talk. I mean, the, the brightest red sports uh, Thunderbird you could have ever imagined. And wow. my, my buddy tossed me the keys after we had been out all day and he went somewhere else and I was stuck with his car. Not a good scene. Not a good scene. <laughs> I'm like, couldn't you have gotten given me a car that's a little bit less conspicuous? <laughs> and this Bro. thing looks like it's coming out of turn three all at right. Talladega. <laughs> Right, 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 right. Yeah. You just you just look like you were going fast. Exactly. <laughs> Even though I wasn't. And that's a fact. Oh my God. Now Johnny Marks apparently uh did he allow you to give a shout out or did he give a shout out to the show? He gave a shout out to the show before I even got started. That's good work out of him. Yes, he NBC analyst. Yeah. And 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 YouTube uh show on the middle with Harry Mays. Barrett Brooks. That's Get out of town. Now, there's some good publicity for yes, the show. Yes, yes. Give you your, give you your props, bro. That's and if good, he didn't, I would, I would have still given you props, bro. Well, I know. I, tr- I trust you. Absolutely. So now, yeah. and, and the, uh, so this is, this is really a big day. You texted me yesterday with a whole lot of stuff, but the big one that jumped out was that Seth is coming on the show today. Yes. And I'm like, my man. Let me let me let me let me text him again to confirm. Uh oh, do we have to confirm? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll I'll send you the text. I'll Make sure you. he's not out golfing. Right, 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 yeah. right. <laughs> let me see. Hold on. Uh oh. 
Seth tomorrow at eleven thirty. Yes. Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm just gonna text you this so you you know what I'm I'm telling the truth, bro. Oh, I I trust you. You don't need to text it to me. Now we do have a little slight update from the Flyers uh, press conference. John Clark tweeted. Uh, that he says, I'm told the Flyers are planning significant changes on and off the ice. It's not going to be a total rebuild, but there will be major changes. They are angry about the results, just like the fans. And then we get, uh, I guess. All lies. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ryan Ellis and Sean Couturier may require surgeries that end their seasons. That's another update from this. So, well, that's the worst. I mean, that's our best center. Yeah, they've got uh, got to get them right for next year. We've got a long road ahead of us. What about dude. this year? Uh, this year's yeah, over, started, dude. Man. This this year, I think you're just trying to maybe put the phantoms on the ice as best you can the rest of the way to try to tank the rest of the season because they have a lottery now in in the draft, like the NBA does. So it's not like where you pick, you know, you get the first pick with the worst record, but your percentages increase the worse you are right and i think right right. now they're like the sixth or seventh worst team can you imagine that there's six or seven teams worse than them in the nhl come on unbelievable come on i hate hate to be the i hate to be those five (laughs) i know i know so i I can remember when i was doing breakfast on broad man and it was like the worst time of philadelphia sports the eagles suck the flyers suck the 76ers suck even the phillies suck you know, it was right around that 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 15, 16, 17 season. Right. You know what I mean? Everybody sucked during that time period. It was the toughest time ever to talk sports. Because number it one, was. I had to be up at four o'clock. I had to be at work at four o'clock in the morning. Well, that's the, the show was from six to eight. So it, yeah, it really that's sucked. That's but bad. you had to watch a whole bunch of you know, I had to watch hockey because I didn't really understand hockey until I you know sat down and really started watching it and putting a vested interest in it. Right. But and, Sarah Baker is going to ask you a couple of questions exactly. about it. And Baker was, she was so tied in, you know what I mean? So I, know. I had to make sure I knew what I was talking about. So here, because here I am, I'm, I'm the athlete that's on the panel. So right, it was a tough time for me back then, man, watching those games. And, you know, I mean, like I said, back then it was, it was, you know, it was tough because we really didn't have anybody that really interested me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, You know who was my guy back then? Who was that? Radko Gudis. Oh, yeah. I know. He's still Woo! your guy. You still like him. <laughs> uh, the Flyers are actually the fifth worst team in the league right now. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So they've got an 8.5% chance, I guess, of getting the number one pick. But Montreal is clearly the worst. They've only won eight games and, oh. and have a 16.6% chance of getting the number one pick. So the Flyers just need to keep on losing. Just lose the rest of the way out. Well, they don't have a problem with that. They no. lose even when they're trying. Wow. So that won't be too hard. Yeah. So what else came up uh, from the WIP appearance today? You talked about uh, the reading of defenses. Uh, what What else? Anything specific? They ask you for your top, your your first round draft picks. No, no, they they didn't. Um, they 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 basically were trying to see what was. What did I think about what, you know, what's going on? You know, and I try to tell them it's not just it's not just Jalen Hurts. It's more so it's a league wide thing. It's more so all the quarterbacks that are coming out of college. Right. Like we talked about, you know, like I brought up when they look over the sideline. That's mm-hmm. it. That's not the quarterback reading. That's the 
offensive coordinator, he knows how to read the defense. They don't. Right. So until they get this, with somebody who could tell them, then, you know, we talked about Jordan Palmer, like we discussed. I mean, it was basically our show. Okay, so the yesterday. quarterback guru, like you, you would suggest that Jalen go seek one of those. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. And, I, and I he's would think to do he, it on his own. I would think he would. I, you know he's going to do that. Yeah, I would think he would do that. You know that Jalen is one of those guys, he wants to be great. And that's that's one of the intangibles that we don't talk about. But Jalen wants to be great. He wants to be yeah. good. Yeah. He's going to put the work in to be great. Yeah, I've said all along that I'm in love with the tangibles. I just need to fall in love with more or the intangibles. I need to fall in love with more of the tangibles. Right. With right, regard. Right. He's got all that other stuff. Right. He, you know, he, as far as the leadership, you know, the work ethic and, you know, all that all that kind of stuff, the desire. You know, he's he checks all those boxes without a doubt. Absolutely. He's yeah. going to work. He's going to work his butt. He's going to be the hardest working guy on the team. Mm-hmm. He's going to lead and be that leader. You're not going to find anybody on the field that people are going to like more than Jalen. And he's going to be well prepared as far as, you know, understanding what he needs to do. Now, taking that and tying it in with with something that he's just now being acclimated to, and that's reading defenses, it's going to take him a while. It's going to take him a while to throw guys open. He didn't have to throw guys open at Oklahoma. I mean, come on, he has CeeDee Lamb, bro. And people aren't taking that into consideration. I know. He has CD Lamb. CD Lamb was always open. Mm-hmm. Always. He didn't have to worry about it. Every time he looked up, CD Lamb was running wide open in the middle of the offense. I mean, in the middle yeah. of the defense. Where did so Dallas take him? Wasn't that that was the year Ragor was taken, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. But he was taking maybe six slots, seven slots. No, it was ahead. only three. Oh, was it only three? Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Here I'm thinking it was like maybe 15 or something, but it, uh, wow. I didn't Come on know now. That. Let me put that in perspective. Yeah. Put that in perspective, man. Yeah. He's got CeeDee Lamb out there. So how is he throwing people open? When he was at Oklahoma, uh, when he was at um, Alabama, talking about embarrassment of riches, he had yeah. uh, Ruggs, Smith. I mean, you name it. You, you just name everybody that just came out um, the last three years. Mm-hmm. That's who Jalen had in, in, you know, in his offense. Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy was another. Yes, yeah. come on, man. Yeah. You didn't have to throw those guys open. They were already open. So when he gets to the league now, now you're expecting him to throw guys up when he hasn't had to do that. So he's going to learn it. Give him an opportunity. He'll definitely learn it. Just all, like right. all his quarterbacks going to learn there, it. There's a little more from the uh, from the Flyers thing. This guy, Dave Scott, I guess is a front office executive. Uh, I'm assuming so. He says, um, I don't think this is a three, four, or five-year rebuild. We have a good young core led by Coots. We just need two pieces and to get healthy. We should get this right and be in it next year. Uh, personally, I think they un- they overvalue their young core led yes. by Coots. That's just yes. my opinion. Well, that, that's but, definitely uh, overvalued. How are they going to say that when um they they still have a problem with you know with Carter Hart? He hasn't played up the expectations. Not not the expectations we thought he was coming out. We thought he was the next the next phenom. You know between the pipes, but he's not. So he hasn't played up to that yet. He has that ability. We see flashes of it. We don't right. see it on a consistent basis. Right. You know, so, I mean, look who they drafted high all the time. And I, I, I'm i still looking back and I saw, I listened to that article or reading that article and, and um, trying to figure out, you know, why we drafted, you know, Patrick when there was a guy that was Nolan better than Patrick. Him. Yeah. 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 Why we draft him instead of drafting the guy that was better than him. Yeah. That was, and, you know, that was to the that old was all, GM. All bad. 
Yeah. All bad. <laughs> and yeah. nobody wanted him either. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, Brandon Brooks, boy, he only played in two games this year, Barrett. Yep. Atlanta and San Francisco, and that was it. Uh, I guess he had what what three straight Pro Bowl years at 2017, 2018, and 2019. He was the best guard. He was a he was a second, he was either first, second, or third mm. in those three years as far as being the best, not just guard, but offensive lineman in the league. And he start he started at all 16 games each of those three years, yes. too. So yeah. Yes, and then, then he started getting hurt, man. And and that's the problem, man. You know. When you play a physical game, your body takes that punishment, man. And mm-hmm. it is hard for you if, when you play that physical to stay healthy. And, you, and he's used to playing at that high level of physicality. You're going to get hurt during those times, especially when your body starts getting a little older. Right. He came in the best shape I've seen any offensive lineman come in. You know, he looked, he looked, you know, he looked like he was, you know, chipped out of stone during the offseason. He was doing that Muay Thai and all that stuff. Uh-huh. You know, he, he looked like he was, you know what I'm saying, chiseled out like a Greek god or something. And then turns around, bam, he starts getting hurt still. He's like, come on. He was running in the offseason and ripped his, um his um it, what is it? Um, the tricep or? No, no, no. That was, um, that, was that happened during the season. No, his Achilles. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was running in the offseason and ripped his Achilles. Come on. Yeah. All right. Any confirmation here from uh, from Seth? We're about ready to take a break. Yeah, I said let's go ahead and take a break. All right, let's do it. Uh, let's take a short time out. We should be joined by uh, Seth Joyner on the other side. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. As a hard-working American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. And welcome back to the middle. On a big uh, breaking news Wednesday here, of course, you're late to join the show. Brandon Brooks, uh, one of the great guards in the NFL, has announced his retirement from football and the Philadelphia Eagles in a press conference that started uh, at the start of our show. And I just looked this up, uh, Barrett. I didn't remember this. Um, but the Eagles traded with the Houston Texans back in 2012 yep. during that draft when they acquired D'Amico Ryans from the Texans. Part of the exchange was the third round pick that the Texans used to draft Brandon Brooks. And then he ended up on the Eagles. Now you're muted, by the way. You got to turn that mic on, bud. It should there it is. Now it should have been our pick anyways, huh? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it was uh let me see what uh, pick or 50, the the 76th pick in the draft <clears throat> was Houston taking Brandon Brooks out of Miami of Ohio. Uh, and the pick came from the Eagles in regards to the D'Amico Ryan's trade. So how about that? Everything came full circle. And then D'Amico Ryan's leaves and goes become one of the best defensive coordinators in the league this year right who's probably you know going to be in line if things continue in this direction for a head coaching position maybe as early as next year right <laughs> isn't that crazy i mean how old is D'Amico ryan he can't be that old right i'm older than he is put it like that <laughs> i'm way older than he is and i've been retired for i've been retired for about 15 16 years now he's only 37 come on man so there you go on, on, on his man. way 37 years old yeah. Wow. Now it says here, I just saw something here that he's interviewing um, with the Vikings and there's some speculation because they're getting a new GM and I think they're going to let them, maybe they already hired the GM as of today and they're going to let that GM be uh, instrumental in hiring the coach. So who knows, maybe he could get hired this year. Well, you know, it might, it might be, you know, you look what's going on, man. Look at the Giants. The Giants have narrowed it down to two guys. Uh, Dayball and um and Quinn, right? Oh, is that finalists. it's Quinn, the other finalist there? Yeah. So those okay. two are the finalists for the for the for the Giants job, and that's not boding well for us at all. Well, what out of those two, which as an Eagle guy would you rather see? As an Eagle, I'm looking at I I would um. I would go with with. I'd want I'd want Quinn. To be their coach, yeah, I want. Yeah, I kind of would lean that way too because I, I kind of uh, don't want their offense to get going. Ah, da, da. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah, just thinking about they've what they're all, doing in Buffalo. He'd have Daniels playing it. Oh my at god! A, at a if he that, turns you know, into a, to a, to a Josh Allen 2.0, we're we're dead. Pissed. <laughs> I'd be pissed because they already have the weapons. Right. They already have the weapons. Then he turns around and and and, and takes that quarterback to another level. Yeah. You know, Daniel will be like going out there and slinging it, you know, 40 times a game, running around. He already has wheels. Yeah. You know, he, he's one of the fastest quarterbacks in the league. Remember when he jetted out and he broke like a, a quarterback record as far as speed? Right. They said he had ran faster than um than, than Mike Vick 
at any point in his career. He said he was faster than him like that, but he you know he fell before he got to the uh, well, yeah, to the, to the end zone. Yeah, the but turf he said, monster he, came up and grabbed him. Just as, I'm like, come on, he's not just as fast as Vic. He can't be just <laughs> fast as Vic. But the numbers that he had and the numbers that they put him, they say he's right up there with him. But that so that like, could wow. be that could be devastating. Like they used them, you know, they have those two top ten picks, right? They get a big offensive lineman, which they sorely need early, and then maybe an, another defensive, um, an edge rusher or something. Yes, and get Dayballs the head coach. Uh, they they'd be back. They would definitely be back. Yeah, I mean, all they need is discipline. Well, not discipline. They had enough discipline, but they need a coach that's 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 innovative, because their last coach was not innovative at all. Right. He was horrible. horrible. And speaking of an innovative coach, uh, we had hinted about this uh, earlier in the week. In fact, even last week when we went through that uh, front office executives predictions for the offseason moves, part of it was that a Sean Payton or a, a um, what was it, uh, Carroll, right? Yes. Carroll or Payton, I think, were the two coaches that would no longer be on the sidelines and may go to TV. Yes, yes. And now Sean Payton steps aside. I think this is all a ruse to eventually end up with Jarrah Jones in Dallas, and that's what I – that scares me. They're tight anyways. I know they are. They're they almost, He almost became the coach like two or three years ago in Dallas. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, it, it shocked me that he he stepped down especially amongst the rumors that were going on as far as that staff uh, with Dallas. I mean, just from out of nowhere. And, you know, I mean, and it really screwed the, it really screwed, you know, New Orleans because, I mean, he set that quarterback there and paid that quarterback and, and <laughs> he's going to leave and piece him out now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. Here's my mess. You clean my mess up. I'm out right. of here. Yeah. I'm out of here. Good luck with Taysom Hill. I'm out. I hate to do it to you, I but hate hey. to do it to you. <laughs> No, but I mean that—that's big time news. I mean that—that's—that's right. that's a big time job if they get the right quarterback. Now, what did, I think they might just take uh, what's his name, Dennis Allen, and move him from the defensive coordinator into the head coaching spot because he's a guy who was a head coach a couple years ago. He got a sniff with the Raiders; it didn't go very well, uh, but they were kind of a mess. But he's—he's he's a good football coach. You just maintain him and maybe keep some continuity. Well. I could see that, but all this young new talent that's 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 flying around right now, I don't know if they go in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, they I hired they Joe Brady by. as their offensive coordinator and yeah, let the you know something like that. Well, yeah, you I mean that, that yeah. might be the case, man. But yeah, these the, you know these days everybody wants that shiny new toy, man. The young guy is a shiny new toy that they discovered. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, the guy that so. looked like he just came out of prep school. Yeah. <laughs> But he, but he's got like a, you know, a mind like an MIT graduate. Right, you know right, I mean? right, right. Yeah, <laughs> he can recall plays from back in his high school days, one through seventy in the uh, championship game. The time on the clock and everything. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Yeah, I would like that ability. Well, I mean, at this point, man, I wouldn't because I'd remember stuff that I sh- that I shouldn't remember. Or I don't want to remember. Put it uh-huh. like that. Right. You know what I mean. I have that issue too. Right. <laughs> yeah, the, the Vikings did hire their uh, GM. In fact, what, was this person with the Eagles? Quesi Adolfo Mensa from the Browns. Wasn't that was that yes. guy previously with the Eagles? Say it again. What's his name again? Quesi Adolfo Mensa. 
I, I you know it I, sounds familiar. I'm thinking he might have been part of the the GM factory at one point. Let me see here. And we're waiting on Seth Joyner. And hopefully I'll call him when we go to our next break. Oh, uh, okay. Um let me see. Edit paste. Come on, man. Damn it. I hate doing this live. <laughs> Looking shit up like this. This is where uh I would have been one hell of a producer for a radio show back in the day. Because I used to have to produce and do the show live as it was happening. Bro, how do you do that, man? Yeah, you multitask. <laughs> you just get used to it. Just got to get the job done. Yeah, exactly. Well, I can remember um, I was coaching slash playing at the same time when I was at the Steelers. Uh-huh. You know. Um, that's not that's easy. They kept, they kept me around because um, – when you look at it, BC Cower, um, Cower understood that he could saw he could see that I, I related to these younger the younger guys there, and I was teaching them how to do stuff. Right. But I was also somebody that he can rely on during game type situation to go in and play every position. So I played both guards, both tackles, and center. One time I played him in one game. We were playing against um, we were playing against was it? It was against the Browns. It was against the Browns. We were blowing them out. And um, our, our starting um, our starting left guard did something. He tweaked something, and I went in for him. And then our starting center tweaked something. And then the guy that um, the guy to you know played tackle, he came in to play guard, and I played center. And then the same guy gets tweaked something again, though they had to rotate everybody around in. I end up going back oh, to the man. left tackle, and this is during the game. So like you know, the way they had it, I had a coach that you know he's like, all right, I trust you. Uh, take the young guys over there and or go run these drills over there, you know, get them ready for the game. And then the starters would be over there <clears throat> going through, um, you know, like nine or seven or something like that. Uh -huh. And those guys weren't going to play, but he wanted me to teach them stuff, you know, going into the week. So they would prepare for it, you know, that, that he couldn't go get them, you know, rush Grimm. He'd be like, all right, Hey, take the, Hey, poor job, take them guys over there, run through this drill for me because I can't do it right now. Go run through this drill for me. And I take those guys over and I'm I'm doing the drill with them. You know, I'm going through, we're teaching them, teach them stuff about, you know, plays and, and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. While they're sitting there and they're doing 907 or doing team stuff because they knew they couldn't get any reps for the game. So he had to get them from somewhere. So they kept me around four years because of that. You know, they could have cut me and brought somebody in. It's probably well, that's good though. I mean, but, that, you know, they wouldn't have anybody to teach those young guys what's going on. That added so that to me around a long longevity, time. man. Yeah, absolutely. No, I don't think he was associated with, with the Eagles GM factory. He, uh, he apparently came from, uh, from the business world before joining the Browns. Um, so I guess Howie and Jeffrey Lurie can't take credit for that one. <laughs> Who did they have? That's Andrew Barry. He's the guy that was there. Was the oh, Eagles. yeah. That's Andrew right. Andrew Barry. Right. Is he, is he, did he go to Cleveland? Yes. He's, yeah. He's okay. With the Eagles. Now he's in Cleveland. All right. Yes. Okay. That's, that must be the guy that I was getting confused yeah. with. Um, Cause they've got him all over the league, Barrett. You know, what a, it's a GM factory. In mm -hmm. fact, um, you, you heard what's going on. The, um, you, you saw that the woman from our uh, GM might be the GM for Minnesota, right? Well, they hired, they hired that, that guy that we just talked about. Okay. Kowesia oh, Dofo Mensa, but she interviewed for it yes, out there. She was yeah. high on the list. Right. Right. Now Very who knows, who knows if that was just a, 
you know, sort of a, a favor, you know, to sort of get her into the GM, you know, interviewing process, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Sort of like a young coaching candidate. You, the, the agent gets you interviewed for a big time position. Then all of a sudden, well, wow, so-and-so interviewed that guy. Maybe we should be interested next time in that. that you know, a lot of times that works. Well, I mean, look good what work. they did for Heinz Ward. Same yeah, that thing. same thing. Yeah, Heinz Ward. Yeah. He, come on now, he's a coach in um in F, FCS, not FBS, but FCS teams. And you know, he gets an opportunity to coach. Yeah, I mean, that's you pretty know, amazing. An interview. Actually, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who this guy is either. The Sean Payton stuff is really concerning to me, though. Because I tell you, man, he's going to end up there. You know it. In fact, I'm I'm meeting with him this afternoon. I'm going to try to figure out how how the hell can I not give away too many draft picks? Oh yeah, because did, didn't um of the Raiders they traded for Gruden? Sure, you got to give up draft picks, and I think yeah. even if he steps away and then comes back, I still think there'd probably be some sort of compensation. Because yes. I don't think you can just sort of fake retire for a year, right? Go into TV, let's say you're still you were still under contract with New Orleans, let's say, right? And then you go to ESPN for a year, and then you say, "All right, now I'm ready to go back. I'm re- I'm rejuvenated. I'm refreshed." Uh, Dallas, let's go. And then New Orleans is sitting there saying, "Hey, blah, 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 how many, how many, What about us?" Right. Like I think they, <laughs> they would still be like entitled to compensation. No, they have to. They have to. You know, that's just like you just can't as a player. All right, I'm gonna retire. Then go retire, and then three weeks later, you go and you play. For, you know, sign with somebody else. They still have. You know, they still have your rights. I would think so. Yeah, now, they still have your rights. I mean, he was with them 15 years, man. I know, man. 15 years. How many years were left on that contract? I wonder how many years were left I'm on looking at. Contract. I'm looking at it right now. It's funny you bring that up. Um, I mean, just out of nowhere? Because Gruden got traded, and then he ends up winning the Super Bowl the next year, as soon as he gets traded. Uh, so boy. I definitely don't – like the way that looks him just stepping into that role because that gives the doubt it gives the cowboys that instant credibility from a player standpoint of all right this guy knows what he's doing he definitely knows what he's doing it's not like the guy we got right now <laughs> you know what i mean this is nowhere like mccarthy right <laughs> yeah just seeing here peyton signed a five-year $45 million contract with the Saints, including an annual average salary of $9 million. And that was 18, in 2018, which would make him a free agent in 2023. So if he doesn't play, if he, he's out this year, technically the Saints, I guess, still have his rights for this year, right? Yes. He'll just be, he's on a lame dog contract then. This is the last year of that deal. Huh. Boy, it gets interesting. Boy, that that's a that's a pretty shrewd move, because no, he's you know a, a TV network will snatch him up in a heartbeat. Yes, like I mean, probably. I mean, what would you think he'd be better at for a year, doing games as an analyst or as an in studio guy? He'd be an in studio guy. Yeah, probably. I mean, he could do he could do either one of them well, but you know, I I really I I really believe that you know he'll uh. He'll go in and be a studio guy. He'll be like Cowher. You know, 
he'd be a guy to come in and, and, and be in the studio. Right. And he'll probably raise top dollar also because his insight would be tremendous. He's one of the premier play callers in the league, one mm-hmm. of the best in the league. Right. So imagine, you know, how he could break down stuff, you know. Now, as far as doing games, I don't know if he'd want to do games. You know what That's I mean? It's a different I, animal. Yeah. It yeah. really is. But, I, you know, I could see him being kind of like one of those Romo guys, like predicting the play before he it happens. Do that. I mean, Jesus, he, you know, he's drawn him up for so many years. He could definitely do it. But I, I, I would think he would be in a studio as opposed to being – like, if anything, if he was going to call a game, I think that he would instantly be Monday Night Football. Mm. Monday Night Football. But now, you know, I, well, who, who would you take out then? Well, I'm, I'm hearing <laughs> Al Michaels might be uh, up for Monday Night Football. Oh, because NBC and he are might be at an impasse with a contract extension or something. There's all well, kinds yeah, of movement. This because of, what's his name? Um, what's the guy? The black guy? He does all the Olympics. Tarico. Yeah, Mike yeah. Tarico is is really their guy. Right. Right. You know, Tarico is really their guy. They want Tarico to be the guy. They're paying Tarico like seventeen million. I know they're paying him a ton. <clears throat> lucky just, for him, he doesn't even have to do anything. Guy. He's a part time guy getting paid yeah. full time money. Right. That's, right. That's a hero. Okay. And he is my idol right now. Bro. He is. <laughs> Some American idol. He is oh definitely the God. American idol. So he, may, he might do every once in a while, he'll do a Notre Dame game. He'll go do the Olympics. Um, he can call, I mean, he calls everything, though. Tennis, Olympics, whatever you name it, he, he calls it. So, yeah. I mean, they got to put him somewhere. They All can't right, just here. have him just sitting out there just randomly doing stuff. Uh, this is according to Bleeding Green Nation. Peyton's still under contract through 2024. The Cowboys cannot instantly hire him to replace McCarthy, but it's not difficult to envision Peyton taking the Bruce Arians path in terms of getting paid as an analyst for a year or two before returning to coaching in a new city. Um, It doesn't say anything here about what that compensation would be. You know, maybe if you just step away for uh, a couple of years, maybe you don't even have to. I guess there's there's probably a limit to that. Jerry Jones, if Jerry Jones wants him, he'll do whatever to take him this year. Mm-hmm. If it takes trading picks, he would do that because at this point he's stacked. He's got what he needs. Right. He's got what he needs. Why wouldn't he trade, you know, a first rounder to bring him in? What was uh, I think Gruden was a first round pick for him, a number one pick. Let me see what Gruden's compensation was. Um, yeah, go go ahead and look that up because it says here that uh, promoting Dennis Allen seems like the obvious move. He's one of those young guys, you know. But Peyton guy. and Doug Peterson are close friends. Peyton might highly recommend Dougie P as his replacement. Well, that would be I interesting. I don't know. You're right. That'd be very interesting. That would be interesting. Doug Peel <laughs> on the outside looking in right now. Yes, is, he is. Which is crazy to think about, having been uh, just a couple years removed from a Super Bowl. It really which is. is crazy anyway. Three years removed from a Super Bowl and you get fired. Right. And then That's nobody it. wants you. That's right, the other right, thing. It's right. like, okay, you got fired. All right. It was kind of strange. But now you'd think he, you know, we were thinking he'd be a top candidate for a job. Yep. And yep. all of a sudden, he's like uh, watching, you know, Dan Quinn getting hired or whatever, you know? Well, I, I think he was thinking he would be a top pick also. Yeah. I'm sure his agent was telling him that. Right, right. 
trying to figure out what Gruden was traded for. I knew it was a first rounder. I knew I, I know for a fact that it was one first rounder for him. Hmm. All right, let me see. This is uh, we're doing this all on the fly. This is live radio. Oh, here it is. Tampa live gave YouTube. up a massive haul in exchange for sending a two, um, 2002 and 2003 first round draft picks. While sending a 2002 and 2003 first round draft picks, 2002 and 2004 second round picks, and $8 million in cash. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it was the first two first rounders, one in 2002, and then one in 2003. Then um, in 2002 and 2004, a second round pick, and then eight million dollars cash. That's a that's a heavy hole. That I don't a, know. If, I don't know if Jerry will do that. <laughs> that's a oh yeah. I but they won him a Super Bowl, so that was worth it. Those picks right there were worth it because they won him a Super Bowl. Uh, Peyton says he has no plans on coaching in 2022. No. Well, your boy Jarrah. <laughs> Why you call him Jarrah, man? Jarrah. <laughs> Jarrah. I don't know. It just kind of fits. Uh, yeah, Dallas would have to uh, create compensation for the Saints who still have Peyton under contract for a, for two more years. Um, this is going to be interesting to watch, man. Jay Glazer says, Sean changes his mind every two seconds. We talk about it a lot. It's why I haven't reported anything because he changes his mind like every two minutes. Who says that? Uh, Jay Glazer. Oh, <laughs> from Fox. Huh? Yeah, it's gonna happen at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jerry will make it happen. Yeah, he will make it happen. I'm not gonna sit idly by. <laughs> All right. Anything from Seth here? Is he is he on a golf course? What no, is nothing yet, nothing yet. I'm about to call him. When we go into the break, I'm going to call him. Man. All right. Um, well, we'll go. We can go to break um, in like two or three minutes, and then we'll, we'll be coming back right at the top. Let's see. We got a little uh, – okay, we well, yes, Xander just waiting on Seth. No, no big deal. Um, did you see the Aaron Rodgers stuff now? Of course, he was on in his usual Tuesday spot with Pat McAfee yesterday. You know, he sits in there for like an hour and gives like a – heart to heart with those guys and apparently laid out his plans for the off season says that he's going to make up his mind prior to um, when green Bay has to do any franchise tagging. So it would leave his buddy Devonte Adams, you know, not in the lurch. <laughs> Can you imagine this? You know, like, an, like an NFC uh, without Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams doesn't want to stay in Green Bay because there's no Aaron Rodgers and he goes elsewhere. Well, that's exactly what he was thinking in the first place. Yeah. Well, hey, um, let's let's go to break now because um, he he can log on now. Oh, you want to go? You want to go to break now? Yeah, so okay. we can log on at noon. All right, let's take it. Let's take a quick timeout, and we should be joined on the other side by uh, the hopeful defensive coordinator for your Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> I say that tongue in cheek, but I know the fans would love it. Seth Joyner going to be joining us in three. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want, or don't. 
Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. All right, welcome back. Hour number two. Wednesday middle and yes today was another day Barrett where I thought it was Thursday and it's really Wednesday and I, I kind of figured out why I'm thinking that today is Thursday this week because the golf tournament that normally starts Thursday through Sunday actually starts today so it really does feel like a Thursday to me right they had to move it up because you said they didn't want to compete against uh the championship NFC games. and the AFC championship games. Right, yeah. right. Makes that's, a lot of sense. That's the dominance of the NFL, man. They can yep. get other sports to move their events for TV purposes. It's amazing, hey. man. Yeah. Yep. Well, at this point, man, you look at it, it just goes show the dominance of, of, of even the com- TV commercials. You know, during the Super Bowl, they are mm-hmm. charging like $5 million a half of um, a second. You know, I have a minute, you know, on uh, like a 30 second commercial, you know, it's not like five, ten million dollars, man. You know, half a minute or a minute commercial on these, you know, NFL, you know, commercials. So, uh-huh. man, that, that's that's just shows the power. Oh, yeah. And well, and, especially for that event, because like not only football fans are watching that thing. It's like, you know, football and kind of quasi non football fans will even tune into that. It's the number one most uh, watched event in the world. It's even higher than F1 racing. It's the number one event in the world. In the world. 
It gets bigger the highest than big rating soccer than games, too. Yes, including yeah. soccer games. It's still the number one event. Everybody right. watches the Super Bowl. Everyone. Yeah, I would think so, too. Now, more on this uh, as we're waiting on Seth here, more on this Aaron Rodgers stuff. He says, here's his quote. Um, He says, one decision that will be upcoming will be obviously Devontae Adams and his future with the team. There still is this thing called a franchise tag, which I don't think 17 wants the franchise. I think that should be enough time to make a decision by them. I don't want to put myself on a specific date. But I do want to be sensitive to Devontae and many other guys who have decisions to make on their own futures. To drag it out past free agency would be disrespectful to the organization and to those guys. And that 100% will not happen. Well, he might not even have a, a signal in, in in Hawaii underneath the waterfall. So he better make sure he, right. <laughs> he gets back to the mainland to call. Yeah, right. Yeah. He better, <laughs> He, he might be that dude in uh, Archive uh, 81 who can't find the cell signal unless he goes out into a certain part of the woods. And right. that's when he could call his, his buddy back in New York City. Have you been watching any of that? I watched the – I'm now up to three episodes. No, no, actually. Uh, but, hey, Seth is here, though. So. Oh, he's ready. All yeah, right, well, let's go. Let's bring him on. The man. You Sporting see him on the, on the Eagles pregame, postgame show, and uh, you know, 80% of the fan base want him to be on the sidelines as a defensive coordinator for the Birds. But, Seth, welcome to the show, man. How are you? What's going on, gents? Rosco, I appreciate you know, coming on before you, for your workout, man. But, you know, you, you see what's going on here in Philly, man. Your boy Gannon might be a head coach somewhere else. Houston. You, you, you ready to take the, take the helm? <laughs> You ready to take the reins? <laughs> yeah, you know I'll take it, man, and yeah. crack the, and and crack the whip. But you know, you know, you know how and Jeffrey ain't gonna do that, man. <laughs> and it's funny, you know, because um, uh, Harry, man, you know, yeah. we used to go to events, and right. uh, I remember the former defensive coordinator. Me and Seth will walk into the room together, mm-hmm. and we go over. We be talking to different people. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at um, I'll, I'll look at I, I would look at the defense quarter and I, you know, say, hey, what's going on? And Seth would look at him and the dude would turn around and leave the room. I'm like, <laughs> so I thought it was me at first. So then I turned around and looked at Seth. He said, man, this ain't the first time. <laughs> then it happened again. I'm like, why sports leave every time you're in his presence? But oh, then, you know, we go on the show. I say, and I tell him, when we go to break, I said, Seth, that's exactly why. <laughs> he, he he leaves the room every time you come in, bro. That's exactly why right there. Yeah, I just wanted to have a conversation with him. Just like, you know, I, I was the same way. He don't really ever want to talk to me. I make him shake my hand and say hi. But <laughs> I, I don't I don't know, man. I don't know what they're – what is there to be afraid of if the, if the point is to win – and to you know bring in people that can help you win mm-hmm. um then you do that right um, I, i'm i'm not I, I understand how the business works i played in the nfl for 13 years you know i understand that you have to be a team player you know my commentary and my analyst is one thing you know stepping into a job is a whole nother realm um, and the only way that things work in that realm is that everybody is on the same page and you know communication is always the key with that um communication smooths the the road for everything mm. um so you know if they think that you know i can't do the job or i won't do the job because i'd be divisive uh 
you know, communication takes care of all of that. Right. Right. And um, you said something interesting, you know, as, as we were leaving um, on our final show this year, you said that um, if Jalen doesn't take that step forward, there's going to be a problem, you know, with the Eagles going forward um, and thinking of being better. Could you, could you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, listen, I think that, you know, hey, they've got to give them a, an extra year. I mean, when you think about where this team is headed and, you know, what this team needs, and all you got to do is look at last weekend's playoff games, and it's abundantly clear that this team ain't close. And it ain't just the quarterback. It's right. The quarterback. I don't know. It's, the, it's across the board. I mean, you've got, you know, I was talking about it on my show yesterday. You know, I don't know what Howie's thinking. To your point, Barrett, I know good and well that, you know, those picks are itching his his pockets right now. Yep, yep. But there's, you know, talk. people have talked about, oh, you know, we can, uh, you know, mortgage two of those, move up in the first and get, you know, a, a, um, a an impact player, you know, maybe package them in a way where you get, you know, two next year. Um I don't know. I think you can get some pretty darn good players at, at 15, 16, and 19. Um, and the Eagles need a defensive end, a linebacker, a safety, a corner, and dare I say another wide receiver, you know. And they listen, they got eleven picks. You know, can they get all of those all of those positions and everything fulfilled within those eleven picks? One would think so. Um, but you know, as far as Jalen is concerned, I think you just you gotta build around him and hope that you know he takes the next step, you know, next year. Um you know, and is he going to be elite? You know, is he going to be Josh Allen? Is he going to be Justin Herbert? Is he going to be Patrick Mahomes? I don't think he'll ever be that kind of passer. Okay, right, um, right, right. But, but, I, but I do think um, that you can build a great defense around him, that you can build a good running game around him, and that he's got enough skill sets to develop um, and get the job done. I don't think that every game that you win has to be has to be a, um, you know, a shootout. And, and everyone's going to look at the Chiefs game. Everyone's going to look at, you know, how Tom Brady brought the Bucks back before they fell to the Rams. And they went, oh, you need an elite-level quarterback. No, what about – what? I mean, every single year, the Tennessee Titans are right there. You know, now Ryan Tannehill threw the damn game away because right. they, couldn't, they couldn't get the run game going really the way they the, the way that they wanted to. Um, but – Look at San Francisco. Jimmy Garoppolo is doing his damnness to send them fishing, and they keep finding a way because they got a great running game. They got a Swiss Army knife and Debo Samuel, and their damn defense is pretty darn good. Yeah, and they seem to have the Rams' number, at least for the last couple of years, uh, uh, Shanahan does on McVay. But that show you're referring to is the Seth Joyner Show, and that's on YouTube, and that's every Tuesday night, right, Seth? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you got to subscribe to the Seth Joyner show on YouTube. Uh, but let's get back to the defensive coordinator situation. Let's just say that Gannon does get this job, and they they've got to go looking looking around. Would you recommend that they get a you know a veteran guy because this is a very young coaching staff? Would you think like a Vic Fangio, Mike Zimmer guy would be a better fit here? Listen, I love what Vic Fangio did in Chicago. Um, I mean, they built a a monster 
um, in Chicago for, you know, for a while. They just couldn't get, get it together offensively. You know, I love to have a guy like that. Mike Zimmer is a little more passive. You know, he's not as aggressive. And quite honestly, I'm just sick and tired of watching, you know, these passive, you know, defensive coordinators. Um, these are, those are the type of coordinators we had in Philadelphia for the last, I don't know what Jim Schwartz was there, what, five years? So we're going on six years. We had Brad, Brad, we had Bradley too, the guy that, you know, transferred from three, from four, three to three, four and back to four, three again, you know, him with, 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 uh, you know, that, that staff there, right. he was horrible also. Right. I, I just, you know, I'd like to see some creativity and I think that, you know, Vic Fangio has been around long enough that he can scheme up things. Um, you know, he can bring pressures. He can show pressure from one direction, you know, and come. I think he's been in the league long enough. He's seen the old guard football, you know, the type of football that, you know, Barrett and I played. And he's looking at and trying to decipher what to do with this new guard of football where, you know, everybody wants to throw it all over the map and you can't take, you know, wide receivers' heads off when they come across the middle. So you got to kind of figure out how you find that fine line. Um, I, I think that, you know, when you look at the playoffs, I think most of the teams in the playoffs, pretty darn stout defenses, you know, and they don't just sit back. I mean, I was shocked when I watched because I hadn't seen them play all year. I was shocked when I saw the Bengals defense. The Bengals defense ain't no joke, man. Right. <laughs> that, that front is good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then you then you turn around and you, and you turn on the Tennessee Titans and they they sack. Um, um, Burrow nine times. Nine times? Yeah. <laughs> and I lost mean, the game. <laughs> I mean, you, you would ask yourself, how in the world you lose a game and you right. get nine sacks on defense? But when you turn it over three times on the other side, you know, therein lies, you know, what the issues were. But when you look at these defenses, I mean, right across the board, you know, the thought that – and everyone would get caught up in, oh, you know, this again, the Sunday games because they were so quarterback-centric. Mm -hmm. Oh, you got to have a quarterback. Oh, look at the defenses, you know, and how profound they were and what happened in these, you know, over this weekend. And, yeah, you're going to have your glitches, you know, you, you, the situational awareness, um, the situational um, execution. I mean, how do you let, let Cooper Cup run a seam route, you know, right down the middle of the field, you know, for 50-something yards, you know? How do you how do you not how do you wind up with a with a um, linebacker on 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 Travis Kelsey, you know, with the game on the line, you know? So you know you you're gonna have those questions, but when you look at these defenses, um, for the most part, they're aggressive, you know. And, and I want a defense coordinator who is aggressive minded, you know, that will challenge his his DBs and challenge his players to get up and challenge the players, the, the opponents at the line of scrimmage. You know, I, I get it. Sometimes you got to play off, but sometimes you just got to get right up in a guy's jock strap, you know, and get with him. You know, one of the reasons, I mean, and listen, if I'm, if I'm in uh, Miano's shoes, that's the linebacker that was covering. Buffalo. Yeah. The, yeah. He was covering Travis Kelsey. Okay. It don't make no sense for you to get up and press. If you're just gonna open the gate and let the guy run by you, right? <laughs> the reason why you're getting up and press is to put hands on the guy. Okay. Now, if you're scared, say you're scared, and we'll put another dog out there on. Okay? Right. <laughs> but if you, but if at any time that I get up on a guy, you know, 
I'm going to force him to go the way that I want to go. I'm not going to stand there and do the mirror dance with him, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm either going to play inside or outside technique. And when that ball snaps, I'm jumping across the line of scrimmage and I'm going to take my one jam because now I can disrupt the timing of the route, you know? And right. if Travis Kelsey isn't where he want, where, where where Patrick wants him to be, when he needs him to be, now he's got to come off of that receiver and go somewhere else. My job is done. But if you just let that guy run by you, okay, and he's got four or five inches on you and can adjust to the ball on a, on a back shoulder throw and you're not confident enough to, you know, look at his eyes and say, oh, 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 here comes the ball. I got to turn and make a play on the ball. I got to do something, you know. Then what's the point? You might as well play five yards off, you know, and give him the hitch or give him the fast, the, the quick out. I, I just I, – I want coaches who understand – how to coach players to play the game you know we don't have that we don't have that anymore you know you mean you can talk now i mean we talked about you know as far as um these young quarterbacks reading they don't read anymore because they don't read defense anymore because you know they everybody's looking to the side out waiting for the play to call where the offensive coordinator is reading the defense that's why these young quarterbacks don't know how to read defense because they're not taught you know it used to be that you know, NFL used college football as a farm league, but it's not like that anymore. You know, you 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 basically, you know, trying to get guys better. It's more so about putting butts in the seats in those classrooms as opposed to teaching these young guys how to be NFL players. So I think that's the difference in how these guys are reading and everything else. They're not coached the same way. You know, receivers are coached to catch the ball a certain way. Um, I mean, I, I think the only places that you really get firm coaching that you know that's transferable to the NFL is in the trenches, and that's the line, offensive line, and defensive line. Well, I, I, I get the NFL should ask themselves that. I, I think that you know the technique and the fundamentals that you learn in the off season, and the problem is you only get these guys for a minimum amount of time in the off. That's another issue, yeah. Because right. because of OTAs, I just you know as a young player, you know you're coming off your rookie year, you know that first offseason you know potentially is the most critical year of your career because for me I was in Philadelphia from you know from February 28th to June something working every single day with my position coach on my technique and my fundamentals and learning the defense and working out and all so what else you got to do you know I mean the the NFLPA has made it so these guys they can't even come in and work with their coach even if they want to well, how, exactly. are you supposed to get, how are you supposed to get better? You know, I mean, it, it, it's almost it's almost an impossibility, you know, to get better unless you source somebody outside. And how many of these guys, you know, have the wherewithal to say to look at themselves objective, objectively, you know, on film after 16, 17 games and say, you know, what, I don't do this well. I don't do that well. I need to find somebody who can train me in the offseason to do those things, you know. Because once I come back, once I come back in, now it's all about scheme and, you know, and 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 being able to, you know, learn my defense and installment. And then you're out in the practice field and, you know, that time is minimized, you know. So how much time do we really actually have to work work on, you know, how do you play the game? You know, so I, I listen, I, I get your point, you know, Um the funny thing is, it's funny that you mentioned the quarterbacks and how they stop and look to the sideline. I think that's one of the main reasons that Sean McVay 
went and got, you know, Matthew Stafford. How many times do you see him looking to the sideline and try to figure out what Sean wants to run? He just runs the offense. He mm-hmm. had to do that every single play with Jared Goff. Right. I, I can remember <laughs> the game where they had Jared Goff mic'd, you know, and you could actually hear the conversation between him and Sean McVay and Sean McVay telling him what play to run. I'm like, how do you pay this guy $35, $40 million? He's a quarterback in the NFL, and he doesn't know your offense well enough to know what to get into and what to get the hell out of. The court, the, the, the head coach slash OC is actually over on the sideline telling this guy what to run. You know, I, I just – I don't like where the league is going. And, mm. and I get why the players want it, you know, let, you know, more restriction as far as what the teams – could make them do because if the teams could do it, they'd have you there all year round. Right, know? right. But every single time that the league makes a an adjustment, it's an over adjustment. You know, it, it goes way out of bounds because these players should be able to come into the facility and work with their coaches whenever they want to, watch film with their coaches whenever they want to, come in and lift weights whenever they want to. Um, you know, but I get it. Because if the NFL and the coaches control it, they'll have you there all year round. Um, and right. Call it voluntary, involuntary. Hey, Seth, speaking of league adjustments, uh, there's a lot of people in media and, and the fan base that think the league needs to adjust the overtime rules again after that Chiefs-Bills game because the Bills didn't get their hands on the football with their offense. What are your thoughts on that? Play better defense. Exactly. Yes. Listen, the, the, the rules are what they are. You know, I, the, the NFL is never going to, you know, all oh, line up on the 25 yard line. You get an equal amount of possession. Like you know, college. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, the game, the game will never end. The game will never end in, yep. in, you know, in, in, in the NFL. You know, so a lot of those people are probably, um, you know, Buffalo Bills fans that are upset. You know, you had 13 seconds to keep, you know, Patrick Mahomes from tying the damn game up. Play smarter football. Understand that you know what? Hey, they're not they're not running the hail mary from their own twenty five damn yard line. You're gonna give them, you know, forty yards in thirteen seconds, forty four yards in thirteen seconds. Ridiculous. Yeah, I'm like, come on. You, I mean, it's just stop complaining and play better. That's yeah, pooch all it pooch and, kick and, it, and, and you know what? Stop calling tails. You know, in the overtime session, it's heads ninety percent of the damn time. Hey, uh, I don't know if you heard it or not, but uh, Brandon Brooks retired. Oh, geez, did he really? Yeah, eleven o'clock today. today. Yeah. Eleven o'clock today. He's retired, and uh, I think it's almost official that uh, Byron Leftwich is um, the new head coach of Jacksonville. Jacksonville, yeah. Wow. So, wow. but uh, that that you know, with Brooksy retiring, man, that's that's they're used to playing without him now. But that really, really throws a wrench in my 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 uh, my draft as far as you know, those three number ones and understanding that now they're going to be scrambling for uh, another starter that they can plug in to um, you know to play at that that left that right guard position. So I mean, does you do you think that changes? Because I I really think, and I I, I know I mean I, I've been thinking this for the last five years, and you've been steady, you know, you know telling me and and, 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 and and emphasizing to me that will never happen. But I believe they're going to get an impact linebacker this year in the first round. I think it's going to be Lloyd from Utah. That's what I'm hoping. But now that kind of throws a wrench in my theory now because with Brooksy retiring, I really think Howie's going to scramble for a guy like that. 
Well, see, the thing that scares me is Howie's Howie and Nick Sirianni's press conference when he was asked, you know, um, you know how they how they intended to approach the draft, you know, and he pretty much said that you know we've got a specific way that we you know that we think we have to do things to build a roster. In other words, we ain't changing how we do things. Um, if that's the case, then they ain't drafting a linebacker with those top three picks. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, I mean, you just stop and think about it. Why you keep you hurting know? my feelings, man? You've you hurt my feelings for the past five years, man. Listen, man, have I lied to you, though, bitch? Exactly. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, listen, we, we know and we understand what they should be doing. Right. They think they know what the hell they are doing, you know, and they just keep making a mess. Now, last year, you know, he did, he couldn't screw up last year's draft. The only questionable thing he did was drafting Dickerson, you know, with his injury history. Everybody thought that he would be, you know, a mid-second to third round because no one wanted to take a chance, you know, with him coming off an injury. But it turned out to be, you know, a great pick for us. I think, you know, if they can get Jason, Jason Kelsey to come back for another year, you're solid on the left side with the two beasts, the two young beasts over there on the left side of the line. Um yeah, that does change things because Jeffrey and Howie, they believe that, you know, the way that you win Super Bowls and the way that you win in this league is what high-powered elite-level offenses, you know. And understanding that, the first thing you have to do is secure um, an elite-level offensive line, and then you have to have an elite-level quarterback. Um, so it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if one of those picks, you know, maybe the, the top two picks, you know, either 15 or 16, it wound up being, you know, a highly rated guard. There's so many, there's going to be so much, um, so many good defensive players and so many good skilled players coming out in this draft that, you know, a top rated offensive lineman, at least a top, top three to five may fall to the Eagles. You know, a guy that can play center and guard. It'd be very hard for them to, to turn that down. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it's, you know, listen, like I said, they need a defensive end and they need a damn linebacker. Okay? I take a defensive end in, in, in a New York minute right now because they have nobody that can generate pressure. Right. And with even with if, even with um, Brandon BG coming, coming back, back. yeah, he, they still need somebody opposite. Your sweat, he definitely, you know, ramped things up towards the end of the season, man. But they need some – I want somebody that offensive coordinators – have to make sure that they account for within the framework of how they play calls. Yeah, we got to at least slide somebody or allocate more protection to this guy every single play. We haven't had that type of guy in a long time. Yeah, listen, they, there, there, are, there are no Chase Youngs in this draft. That's mm-hmm. what you're talking about. And then, right, you know, right, if you right. get a guy like that, you're probably going to have to, you're probably going to have to. Um, They'll be know, gone in the first two or three picks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's a difference maker. But there's some guys out there. You know, for me. For me, you know, the Eagles got a whole lot of defensive ends or outside linebackers, whatever you want to call them, that look – they all look the same, and they all have the same skill set, you know. They they look like oversized outside linebackers, undersized true defensive ends. Yep. That, mm-hmm. that are going to get you, you know, seven, eight, you know, nine sacks a year. You know, you need Almost that guy. Huh? Amongst all of them together. And, and listen <laughs> – I mean, you know, my best year, I had seven and a half sacks. Come on, and I was one guy, and and I wasn't even rushing every damn play, every right. every 
every predictable running play. Okay. So you got to go get somebody that can get you, you know, 10, 11, 12, 15 sacks. You need that guy, you know, that makes everybody else around them better. Now, is that guy in this draft? Is it Hutchinson? Is it the, you know, I'm not even going to try to chop up the old boy's name. The other, right. the, the guy on the other side that played, you know, across from him, um, you know, who is it? Right, but, right, you know, right. I'm, I, and I'm, not, I'm not talking about that, that guy that's six, two and a half, six, three, you know, 265 pounds. No, I'm, about talking David about, I'm talking Ojobo. about, that, I'm talking, I'm talking about that grown man that's right. like six, five, you know, 275 to 280 pounds that you can put over at right defensive end that can give everybody's left tackle all kind of nightmare. Mm-hmm. That's what they need. Well, no, hey, hold on, but hold on now. Clyde Simmons ain't getting drafted right now, bro. They don't have a bunch of Clyde Simmons. Now, they do have David Ajobu. He's the defensive end from uh, Michigan. Michigan, yeah. Opposite me, of Hutchinson. He's 6'5", 250. So he needs to get in the weight room. Come on, man. 250. What What is 250 going to do against Tyron? Ty, right. Come on, man. Tyron Smith, what, yep. What are you going to do against Tyron Smith? Tyron Smith is is what, three, 320? Yep, 326. <laughs> got, feet, got feet like a ballerina. And when he put his hands on you, it's a wrap. What he gonna do with two fifty? Right, right. He's gonna toss that, him to the man. side. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. why when the Eagles when the Eagles drafted when the Eagles drafted Derek Barnett, you know the first thing I said is he's got to put on about twenty five pounds. If he don't put on some weight, okay, he's not gonna be able to operate unless they're gonna put BG over there on that side. Well, they put him over there. And what has he been doing? He's been getting beat like a drum and playing stupid football ever since they brought him here. A lot of penalties. Yep. 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 No doubt. Hey, Seth, what about wide receiver? They obviously need a lot more there besides Devontae Smith. Um, did he, Would you rather see them go out and try to sign a veteran this offseason? There's a couple of pretty good names uh, that could be available. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, people don't realize, you know, 11 out of the last 12 drafts, the Eagles have drafted a wide receiver. I mean, that's just too much draft capital for one one position. That tells me that somebody is messing up big time in the decision-making process. And that's pretty evident to us all because we can see. Right. You know, you can go all the way back. You got Aguilar. You got Mac Jones. You got um, you got Matthews. Ortega Whiteside. Ortega Whiteside. <laughs> you got Jalen Rager. I mean, that's just five that just off the top of my head. Right. You know? <laughs> so we're going to go into this draft this year and choose another wide receiver for the 12th time in 13 years. I mean, somebody's got to be held accountable for that Mm -hmm. because you can't just keep, you can't keep making, I mean, think about the draft capital that that's been wasted over the last 11 years on this one position, you know? So while there's some guys out there that may fall to you, I mean, you look at all the players, my goodness, just think about Ohio state with three guys that bowed out, you know, during the bowl season. You know, you'd be happy to have either one of those guys. Right. But the truth of the matter is, can you really afford to spend another draft pick on a first rounder? You know, can you draft a 12th wide receiver in the last in the, in the next 13 drafts? To me, that makes no sense. So you go and you try to find, you know, a young guy this, you know, or a veteran, if you will, that's a team that, you know, can't afford to pay him, don't want to pay him can't pay him because of salary cap reasons and you spend the money and go, go get him and bring him in and you pair him up with, uh, with Devonte Smith. You got to do it because you got to figure out how to, 
take the pressure off of, you know, Devontae and Dallas Goddard, you know, because the way that things are constructed now, those are the only two guys that you got to worry about. Right. And when you look at these elite teams, look at Kansas City, look at Cincinnati. I mean, they got three, four, five guys, you know, right. at <laughs> any time. And then no Dallas. Even there's Dallas. no drop off. Yeah. I mean, listen, I go after I go after Gallup. I go yep. after Mike Jones. I go after um, you know, even though you know he's gonna be coming off of the ACL, I go after Godwin. I mean, I'm going after these guys because you got to have one of those guys. You have to. And I don't think you can I don't think you can go in the draft and spend draft capital at that position. You just can't do it again. You you've you've invested too much in that position over the years. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I have the perfect guy for you, dog. That the the Eagles need to invest in. He will be right around that middle of the of the draft, man. Um, Demarvin Leal, a defensive end from Texas A and M. He's a defensive end slash defensive tackle. He plays both. He prefers to be um, on the outside, even though he will play on the inside. But he's he's six foot four. 285, 290 pounds, mm-hmm. cat quick, get off the hole, can can rush, has those ankle, the ankle bend you always talk about. Really good guy. So if you if you're gonna start researching, man, look at the Marvin Leal, bro. Well, I'll tell you this: the metric sounds good. And even if he's even if he's a project that you feel like, you know, it may take, you know, a year to turn him into what you think you really want him to be. Um, and, and if, and if he's a mid round pick, you can get away with that. Right. Um, let's, I don't have a problem with that, but I, I like the, I like the numbers. I like the metrics, the, you know, the, the physical metrics. Um, I like to see some film on him and see, you know, what, what he actually looks like. But, but then again, you know, if Jonathan Gannon comes back, he doesn't fit the mode. <laughs> No, I'm just saying he doesn't he doesn't fit the mode of he doesn't fit the mode of what it is that you know of of what you're trying to create on defense. Right, you right, know? right. That you got, aggressiveness. Well, I mean, it's not even aggressiveness, it's how you want to play. Cause when they go to their four-man, their five-man line, you're gonna have him stand up outside. Who comes out of the game? Right. You kick him, you kick him down inside and bring Avery in, you know, or well, so, you one, know what? The stream doesn't necessarily know, you know, what I'm talking about, but Seth is a firm believer that you take on as a player, you take on the demeanor of your coach on how you how he calls the game. You take on that demeanor, and Gannon just doesn't fit the mold that he feels as though, you know, is an aggressive type of guy. So, you know, kind of, can you expound upon that before you leave? I, listen, how, how can you, how can you be aggressive if the mindset? of your coaches is passive, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, when when Buddy would call it, I mean, Buddy was aggressive. He wasn't just aggressive when it came to, you know, calling defenses. He was aggressive in practice. I mean, he'd get in your ass in practice, you know? I mean, he he jumped down your throat in practice, you know? So for me, Philly was the perfect place to be at the time when I got there because by nature, I was already aggressive, you know, so to have a coach like that, I mean, he could talk about me. He can, you know, talk about me in the, in the, in the, in the media. It didn't bother me, you know, because I knew what he was doing and all it did was just, you know, all it did was lit, lit the fire to the fuel. So when, when he would call a blitz, Oh man, I was drooling. I was drooling down my face mask because, <laughs> you know, okay, now we can, now we can get after some things. 
you know, and even if I wasn't the guy that was going on the blitz, if I had, you know, one-on-one coverage on the tight end or back, or for some strange reason, I got, you know, found myself, you know, split out on the guy in the slot. I'm like, I took it personal. Well, this is my dude. You know, everybody else can get a ball, but this dude ain't catching a damn thing. I'm going to lock <laughs> this dude up. So that's the kind of mentality that you create when that when the defensive coordinator is aggressive. You know, but you take a guy like Darius Slay, for instance. That little period, you know, during the year where he got really hot, had the interceptions, you know, the the the, the pick six. If you look at how they played defense during that time, because they were playing against the Sisters of the Poor. So Jonathan Gannon wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid of, you know, getting guys up and being aggressive and calling some blitzes. Right. So what happened? Darius Slay just, you know, had had a three or four game stint where he was just on fire. Yeah. And all of a sudden you start, you know, he got passive again or early in the year. You know, so you take a guy like that who really wants to be aggressive in situations where he can be aggressive in his mind. He's thinking, oh, I don't want to get beat over the top. So he plays off and he plays soft, you know, so you can't necessarily blame the player when the mentality is set by the defensive coordinator or the offensive coordinator or the head coach, you know. So my thing is, if if you're not going to empower your players to be aggressive, then what the hell's the point? Hmm. Because you, you can play. There are situations where you play Ben, but don't break. When you got a 20 point lead, you can play Ben, but don't break. But when the game is on the line, you know, I don't care whether you have confidence in just Darius Slay and Avanti Maddox. Well, you got to tell, you know, Stephen Nelson, hey, drop him. You know, I'm talking about the same ones that Nick Sirianni was talking about, the same ones that, that Devontae Smith was carrying after that damn, um, that, that, that touchdown. Drop him, dude. Okay. And you got to get out there and shut that guy down. I need you for one play. You know, conjure it up, find whatever you got to find. Go see the wizard, whatever it is, but I need you to stand up out here, you know, because there comes a point in time in every single game that that's what that, that's the case, you know. Right. So that's what I'm talking about. I mean, if you call call it passively, then you make your players passive. The right. more aggressively you call it, okay. Now that's this is this is just this is assuming that you got a bunch of dogs on your defense, okay. If you got a, co- a couple of cats over there, then yeah, you better be a little more passive. But if you got some dogs, you know, then you got to you got to that dog mentality that Nick Sirianni be talking about. You got to empower those guys to embody that dog mentality. And that's by being aggressive. Yep, not even cats either. Some of them are declawed cats, Seth. You know, (laughs) and one last thing. Barrett tells the story about how Kansas State won the recruiting battle for his services in college football. The stream and I both want to know, how did UTEP win Seth Joyner? Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? Listen, man, when I – my senior year – and first of all, I grew up in New York. And back then, New York was a basketball state, you know. But at six foot two and a half, you know, 195 pounds, I knew I wasn't going to college to play no damn basketball, you know. Plus, you know, football was just my thing. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of colleges that came knocking. Um, you know, I visited Syracuse and McPherson, you know, suggested that I go to a prep school for a year, the same prep school that year, closed up that October of my freshman year. Mm-hmm. So that would have been a disaster. 
um, um, junior college, you know, was a was a uh, was an option. But there was a a junior college coach over in Westchester, New York, that was recruiting me, and he got the um, offensive line slash um, assistant head coach job down at Utah. And he stayed in contact with me. And as you know, we we got through the spring, you know, I wasn't getting any offers. Nothing seemed to be concrete. He called me. He was like, hey, listen, you know, you can walk on down here with an opportunity, you know, to, you know, we're building something here. And I didn't have anything. So I was like, oh, well, you know, let's go. You know, hmm. so I, I went down to El Paso never having, you know, visited or seen it. And when I was landing there, I almost cried because there was no trees, right. no no grass, no nothing. I'm like, where is this God forsaken that I've committed <laughs> myself to going? You know, but you know, honestly, it was the best place for me to be because I was a little wild coming out of college. You know, I mean, I could have walked on. My high school coach went to the U- University of Miami. He said, if you want to walk on down there, I can make that happen. Mm-hmm. But, but Miami was on probation at the time. You know, and I always say, you know, God puts you where you need to be, not where you want to be. Because if I would have went to Miami, y'all would have never heard of me. Mm. The best thing that happened for me was for me to go to El Paso because there was nothing to do. Right. School, school and football. You know, that, no, that was no that, trouble to get into. <laughs> for the first time in my life, I started lifting weights. You know, my freshman year, I wound up starting six games at inside linebacker at 195 pounds. Um, that offseason, I went from 195 to 215. They moved me to outside backers, the best year I had. That's what confused the hell out of everybody when the draft came around because they didn't know whether to play me inside or outside. Um, my junior year, I went from, you know, 215 to 235. And when the Eagles drafted me in the eighth round, I was 255 pounds of stone hard muscle. You know, I came in and Buddy was like, you got to get down to like, 240. I'm like, how in the hell am I going to do that? You know, but that's the story, man. That's how I wow. wound up in El Paso, Texas. It's a great you know? story. So all these, so all those young cats out there, sometimes, listen, it ain't, it, you don't have to go to a big school to get there. You know, it's nice to get, go to a big school and get recruited and get all the, you know, all the attention and be on TV. But if you can play football, they're going to find you, right. you know, so just get in where you fit in, do what you got to do, work hard. You know, the opportunity is there. That's awesome. Thanks for telling that story, and thanks for all the great insights, Seth. We appreciate it. You got it, Jen. Follow him on Instagram, at Seth Joyner Show, and the Seth Joyner Show on YouTube every Tuesday night. And he's also on Twitter, at Seth Joyner. Thanks for hooking that up, Barrett. We'll be back in three. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. 
so good it just disappears. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. All right, welcome back. Final segment. Big uh, Wednesday show. We have breaking news with Brandon Brooks announcing his retirement. And then Seth Joyner joining us for, man, he was on here for about 40 minutes, Barrett. Talking yeah, man. Once you get him going, stuff. man. Once yeah. you get him going. Great. I like that uh, little thing he said at the end there. Get in where you fit in. Exactly. Regarding uh, <laughs> young players looking to go play in college. Right. It's, 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 yeah. not, um, it's not always, you know where you want to be it's where God yeah. wants to place you where he's going to put you where you need to be. Like, just mm-hmm. like me with Kansas state, I was kind of the same way. Yeah. I needed discipline and that's Jack was Snyder gave me discipline. Cause I, right. I never had to lift weights when I was in high school because I was just better than everybody else. Right. So it wasn't until I started lifting weights that I really could see the potential of what I really had instead of just, just knowing that I thought I was just all that. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, I can remember when I first got there and I'm in the, you know, in the room and I look at the quarterback, Carl Straw, Carl Straw was six foot five, 255 pounds. Here I am, an office lineman walking in the door at six foot three, mm-hmm. 245 pounds. I'm like, how can I block for this dude that's bigger than me? You know, so it didn't take until I got that discipline and understand that I wasn't, I'm not just, you know, the best thing since sliced bread and got put into my place. That I learned how to, you know, expand upon my place. So you need that sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it was like me. I wanted to go to UCLA. <laughs> the old the old man's like, no, no way. You're going to Shippensburg. <laughs> Swear to God. Exactly. That's, where, that's where I was dead set on going. UCLA, UCLA, huh? Yeah. Back before California got crazy. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, wow. Now that was great stuff, man. You know, he's, uh, you know, he speaks the truth and well, it's, 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 uh, the it's, Eagles it's, don't want to hear it sometimes. Most no, of the time. they don't. No, they don't. Hence, hence, that's why I'll get invited. I'll get invited to stuff and he won't get invited to stuff. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, and at the time, you know, you also have to understand this, that I was actually, um, 
I was um, the first draft class that the owner had. You know, me, Bobby Taylor, you know, Mike Mamula. We were his first draft class. He had so Lori's first class, huh? Yeah, so we were his oh, first wow. class. You know, I was his first offensive lineman he ever drafted. You know, Bobby Taylor was his first DB. Mike Mamula was his first draft pick ever. So, you know, we, I tend to have a little more leniency than Seth does because Seth wasn't under his regime. Right, right, So right. they don't always invite him to play in the reindeer games, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I still didn't change his point of view and what he wants to – his opinion. He's gonna give his opinion whether you like it or not. Right. And that's what's good about Seth. You know, you always know where you come in with Seth. He's not gonna mm -hmm. sugarcoat it. You know where he's at when it comes to you, and 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 you can only respect that. You can only respect that. Yeah, like like your mom would say, he tells it like it is. Right. Exactly. He <laughs> That's what Bob says about you all. I like Harry. He doesn't sugarcoat anything. If that's what he's thinking, he's going to say it. Sugar's bad for you. I keep trying to tell you. Why would I sugarcoat things when sugar is the enemy? Right. Yeah. John Dickerson says Harry saw the sure thing, and that's why he wanted to go to UCLA. I guess that's a movie. Is that from the 80s? I got to look that up. I've I don't, never seen I don't, it. I'm not as sure of that, but I'll, I'll take John Dickerson's word for it. But you were talking about uh, Byron Leftwich um, a little bit a little earlier. Adam Schefter tweeted an hour ago that the Jags continue talking with Byron Leftwich and Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus, amongst others, but are not close to a deal with anyone at this time, per sources. Jags still haven't decided which way they'll go. Organization still going through the process and figuring it out. So I guess that's to kind of tamp down some of these other little reports that are saying that they're close to working out all the details with Byron yeah. Leftwich. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that yeah. is. I mean, I thought they, I thought it was an all go a foregone conclusion, but evidently it's not. So let me see who reported that. Well, I'm looking at. Let's see who's this guy. Rick Stroud is a Bucks NFL uh, Tampa Bay Times reporter, blue checkmark guy, said, hearing that there's still some uh, things, some items left to clear up contractually, but both Leftwich and Jacksonville are trying to finalize an agreement to make him the next head coach. Now, that was two hours ago. Mm -hmm. So who knows what changes, you know, maybe the source inside the organization is like getting to Adam say, hey, can you uh, put something out there to kind of you know, quiet things <laughs> down a little bit, you know? Well, this guy, the guy I got the information from is Demetrius Harvey. He's a blue check guy. He's the deputy editor of SI All Gators. So he's a college guy, you know, covering okay. Gators, athletics, and beat writer covering Jaguars. Oh, beat writer covering Jaguars and um, Big Cat Country. Mm. Okay, so he was saying, that's he's the one that said that about uh, – about Jacksonville. He yeah, says, I see uh, that, Demetrius Harvey. I just see that tweet now. Yeah. Yeah. Can't confirm Jaguars expect to hire Buc um, Buccaneers OC Byron Leftwood as their next head coach per multiple sources. Yeah. Now, who I don't know who this guy is. Dila? Uh, no, no, there's another guy uh, at Barstool Sports. He's got on his uh, bio, but he goes by Uncle Chaps, and he's got a blue check mark. And he said the Jaguars hire former Jack, uh, former first round pick of the Jags, Byron Leftwich, as their new. He's reporting that they've hired him. Right. So right. This trade, and he's got a blue check mark. What the wow. hell's the blue check mark worth? Right. Right. I ain't got, got no. Different... I ain't got no check mark. <laughs> I got one, but what does it mean? <laughs> right. Shander had one, and then he didn't have one. I, I don't that? understand that. What happened? <laughs> what happened? 
Have oh. you been watching his tweets? Over oh the yeah, last yeah. Couple All months? right, my fault. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely. Oh my right. goodness. Yeah. Uh, the score is reporting that they're trying to finalize a deal, but he'll probably end up getting the gig. Yeah. I would imagine. I think that could be a good hire. It's I'd a like great to, hire. It's their first, I'd like to see know, that work out. He was, you know, their first round draft pick back in the day. He's done yeah. it. He's put his he's put his work in, man. Yeah, he's paid he's his dues. In. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. About you know, I mean, he actually started coaching towards the end of his career when he was in Pittsburgh. Oh, that's you know? right. So you know, he started back then when he, you know, making things happen then. So you got to respect, you know, his hustle. You know, he did it the hard way. He didn't just get thrown into it. Like D'Amico Ryan's, he was only a what a, a linebacker coach for a year or two. Yeah. Before he became a defensive coordinator, he he's not that long out of the league as far right. as a he's player. Not, yeah. He's, he isn't even eligible to be Hall, a of, Hall fame. of Fame guy. Right. <laughs> right. Now McMullen uh, tweeted here um, that Brandon Brooks will go down as one of the best Eagles free agent signings ever. A yes. three-time Pro Bowl selection and a Super Bowl champ who was the best in the NFL at his position during the height of his career. Yes. Yeah, I think it's hard to argue with that. No, no, it's worse. I mean, him and him and John, Big John. Right. You know, were great acquisitions. John Runyon, yeah. John Runyon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, all you got to do is say Big John. Y'all know who John Runyon is. Right. Big right. John. Big I'm just John. Big John. Uh, you know, there was there's an old song from, I think, like the yep. early to mid-60s. <laughs> You never don't mess with Big John. <laughs> oh, Big John, a big bad John. You remember that? You remember that song? <laughs> that sound like that sound like that's old Ponderosa. You remember that show, Ponderosa? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Western back in the day, uh -huh. Ponderosa. Yeah, and bana the Bonanza. Bonanza. Bonanza was the name of the show. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah. ranch was called the, the Ponderosa. Called Ponderosa. Right, right. Yeah, you're right. Bonanza. Yeah, Hoss was on that show. Yeah. <laughs> Hoss. <laughs> Hoss. You call somebody Hoss, man. That's great. Bro, you call somebody Hoss, you know he can mix it up, man. You, right, exactly. If I'm going to a bar and I ask you, what's your name, man? Right. If you say Hoss, yeah. I'm tending to leave that conversation alone and not even mess with him. Bro. Exactly. <laughs> Michael Bradley, who we love, called uh, John Gonzalez Hoss in an <laughs> argument, a verbal just spat on the radio. It was, it was legendary from back in the old stage. No, he did. He called him Hoss? He Hossed him. Oh, we, we referred to it, uh, you know, for like weeks afterwards, me and Bruno. Hey, you, you hossed him. <laughs> it's an adjective now, huh? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Big Bad John by Jimmy Dean back in 1961. Oh, man. Every morning at the mine, you could see him arrive. He stood six foot six and weighed 245, kind of broad at the shoulder and narrow at the hip. And everybody knew you didn't give no lip to Big John. <laughs> Big John. Big bad John. That's great. <laughs> so you ain't getting this on any of these other right, YouTube right, shows. Right, right, right. Where are you going to get this, man? Yeah, Where where, you where's my from? boy on here like from yesterday saying all you do is talk about yourself and, and all this crap? This is oh, more entertaining. Huh? See, He's not here. Today. Yeah, how could he miss today? Right, he had right. Seth on. You got to come back. You got to come back, man. Well, that's the benefit, though. Of, he can just go uh, to the YouTube channel right. and pull it up. You know, Xander will carve that whole Seth thing up and put it out there on its own. Put the notifications out there. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I, I, I told you last night, hey, we got Seth. We got Seth. It, it took him a little long, you know what I'm saying? But hey, that's there, all right. You, know? you delivered. You're like the <laughs> postman, man. You always deliver. Right. <laughs> all right. Now, did you see... Um, 
the rookie classes from you know this past season have been evaluated and ranked. No, no, I didn't. Yeah. Now we we you know obviously think that they did a good job at least through you know the first year with a lot of their draft picks because a lot of the guys not only made the team but played. Right. Right. Couple starters. Who do you think is listed as the number one ranked rookie class? I'll just tell you where the Eagles are. The Eagles are not number one. The Who do you think's one, number one? Uh, the number one ranked rookie class would have to be. Would it be Dallas? No. I'm in fact, I want to see where they came in. Dallas. I'm just boy. saying because of Michael Parsons. Right, right. Uh, yeah, that, that would be a, a logical choice. Right. But I will tell you that the Eagles came in higher than Dallas. Wow. Yes. Hmm. Dallas came in 12th. They came in 12th? Yes. Micah Parsons had a defensive player of the year kind of season. Um, they called a Osa Odigizua. Uh, mm-hmm. Came in very well with rookies. Uh, best value pick was uh, was still Parsons. Um, but they get, they they listed them twelfth. The Eagles are ahead of them. The Eagles. You know came, who I think it is? Who? I think it's uh the Raiders. The Raiders are up there. I will tell you that. Just because the, the offensive line, uh, receiver played a lot. You know. Raiders came in fourth. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Trayvon Morig and Nate Hobbs mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. their defense. Uh, Leatherwood, of course, you're referring to the the uh, the lineman. Yep. Yeah, From number Alabama. one. Number one is New England. Oh, duh! You're right. Quarterback. Yeah. Offensive lineman. They um had a defensive lineman. Christian Barmore, the kid yeah. from Alabama that came from Philadelphia. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Ramonde Stevenson, the running back. Right. Mac Jones, of course. Um. So they they listed them as number one. The Houston Texans came in second. Well, yeah, they had the quarterback too. Yeah, Davis Mills. Davis Mills. Right. Um, they also had a, a, a Brevin Jordan, the tight end, fifth round pick. They they liked his production and Nico Collins, wide receiver. I don't know about the Houston Texans being that high though. Well, that's just because we think they're horrible. We think they're yeah. bad. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> the Chiefs came in third. Your guy, Bolton, Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton, linebacker. linebacker. Yep. Bald. Bald. He balled out. And Creed Humphrey. And Creed Humphrey, the the, the the center. center. Yeah. From Oklahoma. Who you loved. Yes. And then the guard, too. Um, Which guy would that be? Trey Smith? Yes. He was a sixth-round pick. He played a lot. I mean, he started. So, yeah, I would. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They listed him. Then the Raiders. And then the Mm -hmm. Browns are fifth. No, they just sucked. They had to play. <laughs> I love that. Play yeah. But uh, a sixth was Detroit with Penny Sewell. Yep. Um, Melifonwu, I think, from Syracuse, they like too, right? The cornerback mm-hmm. and Amon Ra St. Brown. The receiver? Yeah, the receiver. Yep. From USC. Yep. Miami came in seventh. Waddle. Yeah, he, um, he made an impact. Jalen Phillips, defensive end. From Miami. 
Yep. Correct. He, he came in and balled out. Yeah. Uh, Javon Holland, a safety. I don't remember Holland. From uh, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And then the Chargers came in eighth. Rashawn Slater was a, a monster. That offensive line. I think he made it to the Pro Bowl. From Northwestern. He was yeah. a, he's a stud. Yeah, he is. Asante Samuel Jr. Cornerback from Florida State. Yep. Right. And uh, let's see. Who else? Well, just Slater alone, man. Slater, I think he made it to the Pro Bowl this year. So, yeah. That alone puts him up there. And then the Eagles came in ninth. I mean, you think about I, – I think they got slighted a little bit. Devontae what? Smith and Landon Dickerson are starters ah, da, da. and serious contributors. And Milton Williams played his ass off. For the majority of the year, too, yes. Right. I mean, you, you add in Gainwell as the fifth-round pick. Yep. I mean, they could have used – he could have gotten a little bit more run, if you ask me. But he did some nice things. And Zach McPherson, even at the end of the year, impressed you, yes, right? Yes, I mean, he shut down. He shut down – Um. C.D. Lamb, the second half of the game. Yeah. So they ranked them ninth, and then Denver rounded out the top ten. Pat Sertain. He um, he started corner. He had a great year. The running back had a great year also. Yeah, the kid from North Carolina, Javante Williams, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of interesting, too. I thought the Eagles should have been ranked a little bit higher, though, but maybe I'm biased. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, and people are putting up the Bengals up here. Well, yeah, because well, you know you, you would think, but they didn't. Well, let's see, where did they have the Bengals? Well, they got I me mean, at that receiver, Chase. Right. Yeah, I mean Burrow's in his second year. Yeah, but it'd be Jamar Chase. Um, Anybody on that defensive lineman? front? Yeah, I'm thinking one of the defensive linemen. Right. Right. I tell you, I like that Reader guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a a big time game in against Tennessee. Yeah, Jamar Chase. And who else would have been big for them? Oh, the kicker. Oh, that's right. That Evan McPherson, that guy that nailed the game winner and a couple big kicks against Tennessee. (laughs) They drafted him in like, uh, what, the fifth round. Wow. Yeah. So, all right. I thought that was kind of interesting. Very All right, we'll, we'll pick it back up tomorrow. I think we got uh, Mikey Malls coming on tomorrow, don't we? I think we do. Let me uh, – I got to see, you know, make sure you've got the babysitter locked in. Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> what, he doesn't want to come on like Aton and put the baby right on his right on his knee? Right, right, right. You know, come on, think, man. Uh, like my uh, – my, uh, my cat used to say, why is he breastfeeding again? Oh, that's too much. All right, we appreciate everybody. Little Teddy, man, in. I love Teddy, man. Yeah, of course, Teddy. absolutely. Teddy's my dude, man. I wonder how big he's gotten now. I know, I know, you know? I know. It doesn't know. take long, but everybody uh, appreciate you checking in. Uh, follow Seth on YouTube, and also uh, stay tuned for Big Sills later today. I think he was the the guest on Seth's show last night. Uh, big Sills and he doing a home and home, Barrett. What do you there think you of go. that? Yep. (laughs) Birds 365 tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow at 11 o'clock. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Seven, three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.